If you are sensitive to descriptions of animal cruelty or injuries and descriptions of murder, please be aware this episode is a dark one. Probably no eating. Anyway. Woo! All right, bring it on. Here we are. Hey! Okay, hop, hop, hop. It's uh, eavesdropping the podcast, hosted by me, Geordie, and you, Michelle. Hello, hello, Hi. hello. Hi. How are you doing today, Michelle? Well, I'll tell you right now, I did not read the news this week. No. We had a big news drop in it We last read week, all so. the news last week, didn't we? That was all we needed. All the news. Although my mother, Jen, she did send me a link to a news article on Melissa Caddick. That now that was Shady Ladies, yeah. wasn't it? Part two, Shady Ladies. Yeah, I think it could have mm. been. Gosh, along with was that with Leslie Manukian? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Melissa Caddick, apparently, well, she still hasn't been found. We disagree on this because we I do. still think she is living in the Bahamas mm. with a bionic foot. You believe she's dead? I don't think so. Who knows? I think that a a sociopath who really only cares about themselves would never think to cut their foot off just to get out of something. Well, according to your psychopath test, I'm part psychopath. And I'm telling you, if I had <laughs> all that money, if I'd run away with tens of millions and all it cost me was a foot. Would you though? I might consider it. I might consider it. I don't know. Anyway, mm. I don't know. I can see you there but with the uh, hacksaw kind of like putting it on your foot and then going, I can't. No, I can't, can't do, do it. it. No. Oh gosh, yeah, Imagine I don't know. sawing through a fucking foot. You'd need a lot of aspirin. Well, I wouldn't do it myself. I'll get a professional to do it. <laughs> well, that means you're including so somebody else. You'll have to kill them afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I've got the money. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. so apparently, update on Melissa. Okay. Um, her parents, who I actually feel a bit sorry for in this instant, um, instance, they. Oh, can I just actually, uh, uh, before I get on to Melissa Caddick, apologies oh. for last week because A, I said Liz Dawson instead of, instead of Lynette. Lynn Dawson. Lynette Dawson. Yeah, Lynn Dawson. And I also said fire pilot instead of a fighter pilot. And I wasn't fire even drunk when I said those. Okay. Yeah, so apologies to that. But back to Melissa. Um, Yes, her poor parents, they actually gave her over a million dollars to invest and she nicked their money oh, as well. What a bitch. Now they are being faced with eviction <sighs> from their house because of Melissa. So I do feel sorry for her. Well, going back to you just mentioned your friend Liz Dawson or AKA Lynette Dawson, who was married to, what was his name? Was it Chris? Chris Dawson, yes. Oh, I think I saw something in the he paper about that. Is, too. He's being. I can't remember now. Hold <laughs> over the coals. <laughs> he's been arrested. Again. Yeah, he's in prison. He's had a couple of falls. I think he's in prison or he's uh, he's awaiting trial. His trial's going to be next year sometime. We're going to have to come back to you on that one because clearly since I read the news this morning and <laughs> now I have forgotten. But one thing I do know is that Nixium, do you remember very early on in our first season, we talked about uh, the sex, sex cult. Nixium, 
like sex trafficking, Keith Ranieri, and his number two or one of the very high ups was an actress called Alison Mack, who was also in Smallville back in the day. I don't even remember what era that was. She, for her part in... She had like a subsection of the sex cult called DOS, which was where women were getting branded in in intimate areas and they would also blackmail them with information that was falsely presented by these women but still kept on as, uh, what's it called, collateral, if they wanted to ever leave. Mm. So they were busted wide open and the whole thing came crumbling down. Ranieri's in prison and now Alison Mack has been sentenced to three years in prison for her part. And is Ranieri in prison or is yeah. he dead? No, he's alive. He's dead. No. Since when? Oh, oh, I'm getting him mixed up with the other sex offenders. Oh, sorry. All the going. others. And she got fined 20 grand <laughs> as well. Oh. Oh, is that all? Yeah. I would have expected more. Uh, I think the thing was, she should have come forward a bit sooner and thrown Keith under the bus, but she refused to because I think she was still in his thrall. Yeah, she was in his. Mental and emotional clutches. That's right. And then she can go back and say, I was in his mental and emotional clutches and I wasn't responsible for any of the things I did. Therefore, just give me three years and a 20 grand fine. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, there you go. Good updates. Michelle, today we have two, I think, quite harrowing stories. So I just want to come in hard and fast with a trigger warning. Warning. Trigger warning. Look out. Trigger. Oh my goodness! Chips. Brace yourself, Mavis, because it's going to be a rough ride. It is going to be a rough ride. Well, so tell me, what are we talking about today? Well, I wanted have been wanting for a long time to talk about what I knew as the Streatham Cat Killer, but was actually the Croydon Cat Killer, and then became known as, and you'll soon find out why, the UK Cat killer oh jesus christ i would listen to the radio and there'd be call-ins about this that's how it piqued my interest way back in i think about 2015 i heard about it for the first time and it's still going on today and what well i think this so isn't cold case no this is an active case. it's active man and the reason why oh. it piqued my interest to talk about this time round was because in the paper I read the other day when we were doing our news drop-in episode, I came across an article about a trial that was being held in Brighton, East Sussex, not far from here. There was a series of nighttime cat killings, 16 cats between October 2018 and June 19, where horrified cat owners would find their pets bleeding on their doorsteps, which sounds very similar to the UK cat killer. They named all the cats, which was very kind. I'm not going to do it here because I think we'll run out of time. But just know that nine died and seven were injured. And uh, they got the guy because he made a slip up. This guy is called Stephen Bouquet. He's 54 years old and he's a Brighton security guard. Not the security guard for Brighton itself. Just a security guard from Brighton, I think is what he is. And he previously denied 16 counts of criminal damage and possession of a knife. But when he was arrested, Bouquet told police officers that he was no threat to animals. However, photos of two of the cats were found on his phone. So it was bang to rights. Can I just tell you, I I know I once in an episode told our neighbour's cat to piss off, but I'm actually... A massive cat lover. Yeah. You know. I am. I think about yeah. Jen. Jen and Rexy. Oh. If anything ever happened to Rexy, God, my mum would be distraught. I would be distraught. The yeah. whole family would be distraught. Cats have always been part of our family. Same and here. Who? Oh, my. 
my God, who could do this well, listen, to an animal? Can I just give a shout out to Jen and say, trigger warning, darling, because here it comes. I'm going to tell you a few stories about what oh, happened. God. Tina Randall found her 11-year-old cat Gideon injured in November 2018. She immediately thought it was a stab wound. And Gideon eventually recovered from the three-quarter-inch wound, but his vet bills for his surgery came to more than £1,600. So not only are they, you know, losing their loved, beloved cats, but if they survive, and they obviously want them to, it costs a heap of money to go to the vets. It's an arm and a leg. It sure Jesus. is. Anyway, Sussex police were stumped for months over the attacks, but a breakthrough came when a CCTV camera set up by an owner of a killed cat appeared to capture a fresh attack on his camera. So he was caught out that way. Sentencing has been set for 12th of July, which is in a few days. So I'll be able to give you an update next week about this. So anyway, that led me to ponder... The Croydon Cat Killer, a.k.a. Streatham Cat Killer, a.k.a. UK Cat Killer, which you claim to not know anything about. Is that right? Have you not heard about no, this? No, I don't, which is which is unusual because obviously, you know, Brixton is very close to Streatham, yeah. just down the road from Croydon. We, you know, at this time, probably you were living in that triangle of area when you had been in... Uh, Forest Hill, you were in... I was never in Forest um, Hill. I was in Broccoli. Oh, Broccoli, yes. I was in Broccoli, I was in Catford, I was in all those lovely places. Yeah, which is all in that triangle of Streatham, Croydon. So I am surprised I haven't heard about it. But I'm bracing myself, I'm bracing myself. Brace yourself, Jen. Brace yourself, Michelle. Here it comes. This is the name... UK cat killer, given to a hypothetical individual alleged to have killed, dismembered and decapitated more than 400, that's right, 400 cats. Oh my God. And various other animals across England beginning in 2014 in Croydon. So cat deaths that have been attributed to this killer were spread across and around Greater London and as far north as Manchester, hence UK cat killer. Right. Branching out. What the person would do, this cat killer, person or persons, because they're not sure if there's more than one or if they're copied cats, excuse the pun. They're being caught and decapitated in most cases. In some cases, their tails are being chopped off too. And then they're found near their homes, posed, usually by their owners, (gasps) sadly. Oh, my God. Mm. Do you think this is personal? Well, no, because of 400 cats across the country, I don't. But I'll go on to talk about that later. The killer who began their reign of terror in Croydon, South London, back in 2014, is believed to have killed, I've just thought of Yannicka and baby Poppy, her little Poppy pet. Oh, okay, Yannicka, put your headphones on, darling. Don't listen (laughs) because she loves her cat very much. The killer who began their reign of terror in Croydon, South London, back in 2014, is believed to have killed and maimed around 400 animals around a 117 stretch of the M25 motorway, which is the circle all the way around London. Also to be thought to be included were pet rabbits, as well as deer, wild deer, squirrels, foxes, and reports of these animals being found maimed and decapitated and posed were coming in by the public throughout this time. No, well, thank 
Yeah. Well, your guinea pigs are safe, thank God. They are They're not being on the watched list. all the time. I will never <laughs> let them out on their own. The animals are killed and dismembered using a machete or garden shears, it is believed. Because obviously they haven't caught this perpetrator, so they can't they can't tell you. Bloody hell. A machete. I know. Fucking hell. So this is there's more info coming. Detectives who were working on the case initially believed the killer tempts the cat with treats before bludgeoning them to death with sharp objects. Then they believe that there's a period of about 30 minutes to allow the blood to coagulate before he mutilates them, often cutting off their paws, tails and heads. (gasps) Sorry. Often there's no blood. Massive trigger warning. I know, huge trigger warning. Often there's no blood trail at the scene that that led police to believe the animals were being taken away to be dismembered before the killer returns to dump their bodies back at the scene where they were killed. Police believe oh. the killer has ties to the Addiscombe area in Croydon. I don't know if anyone knows Croydon because that's where the trail sort of seems to be, to begin. Okay. So I'm going to go through a few cases. Going back to February 2016, and that's a couple of years after his, I'm not going to call him his because we don't know who it is. That's a couple of years after the reign of terror began. Mm. Animal rights charity Peter offered a five grand reward to anyone who had information that could lead to the arrest of the killer. And that was later raised to 10,000 by Peter. Honestly, I would contribute to that. Yeah. I would send money for that reward because this guy doesn't deserve to live. Right. Well, vet report said, trigger warning. Vet report said that in several of the decapitated cats found in the Croydon area, Incisions had been made with a weapon like a knife, but not a scalpel because the incisions were too long for that. This is from one vet who did actually do postmortems on some of these cats. In a couple of cases, he revealed that raw chicken was found in the cat's stomachs, suggesting that the animals had probably been lured by the, the, okay. by the killer. One vet suggests that he thinks they're being strangled and then taken off site to be butchered and then the bodies are being returned and dumped and that's why there's no blood found at the scene. Oh, my God. So as the... Oh, this is heavy. I'm sorry, guys. As the killings progressed, the decapitations had vastly improved in surgical competency and the vet feared initially that the cats were being hacked to death because the cuts were really random, but the incisions have become much more precise, which suggests they are being killed first. Well, or do you think if you, as your suggestion of maybe more than one, somebody who initially had no experience has teamed up with someone who has Mm. surgical experience? Or they just got better at it because they better they've at done it. it they so started, much. yeah. The killer is thought to have worn gloves and protective clothing when catching their cats because DNA analysis has found no evidence of foreign material beneath their claws. And you can imagine trying to catch a cat, most of them don't want to be caught yeah. anyway. Nope. So uh, this is from a lecturer and historian of crime and reporting of crime, a guy called Richard Ward at the University of Exeter. Now he says the he has the view that the Croydon cat killer case is an example of moral panic and that the animals were killed through misadventure, car accidents and whatnot. He didn't say whatnot. What? Yeah. He thinks it was just all, he thinks people are up in arms about something that's just naturally happened. But I say, well, I've got some stories for you in a little while which are going to prove that theory to be blown out of the water because why they're being posed? Anyway. And also, like, incisions with a sharp knife, that doesn't happen from a cat being run over. That's just bullshit. This guy is just trying to put down the hysteria. Yeah. That's all. Well, 
So there's a group of people from Greater London that call themselves Snarl, S-N-A-R-L, and they have a Facebook page. You can look that up afterwards, Michelle, if you want to contribute. South Norwood Animal Liberation and Rescue, they are, and I had a look at their Facebook page. I've heard them on the radio before regarding this case. Mm -hmm. They specialize in the rescue and rehabilitation of poorly treated, abused and sick cats and other animals, but mostly they are after whoever is doing this. They are the only... Organization, yeah, they're the only currently the only organization who are actively investigating the UK cat killer. Not police, I'll get to that. By October 2017, the number of cases attributed to the Croydon cat killer was 370 and rising. And at this point, the police suggested it was possible there were copycats. By December that year, the first victim outside of the M25 was found. That was one-year-old Rusty who was left in a plastic bag on the owner's doorstep in Northampton. Now, you could say that whoever found the cat would have placed it in a, a plastic bag and known that it belonged, they belonged to, the cat belonged to this house. Perhaps it's a well, like a well-meaning stranger who found the cat run over, but unfortunately mm. the family's 14-year-old made that grim discovery, finding her beloved cat in a plastic bag on her driveway. Then Jesus. Topsy, this is all in Northampton. Then Topsy, a 15-year-old cat, went missing after it was last seen on the driveway of its owner's, owner's home, also in Northampton. The next morning, the cat's mutilated remains were found stuffed inside a carrier bag and left on a path outside the house. Later that <gasps> oh year, in October, two cats were found in a suburb of Northampton, which prompted Northamptonshire police to issue advice to owners, which includes keeping all cats and rabbits indoors at night. Then November that year, a decapitated cat was discovered placed on top of a car near the owner's home and they couldn't find their head. How awful. Now, do you know what? I have to say, cats roam around a lot. Yeah. And quite often, I mean, our neighbour's cat comes in. I actually don't even know what neighbour it is. So how is You didn't know who owns that cat? No. No. No (laughs) idea. I just call her the queen. I have no idea what her real name is. But... How do people, how does this killer know who owns this cat? Because it's not often They would have found them on the driveway. Often they don't go too far away. I mean, he must have seen them on, or I keep calling him a him. I don't know if it's a him or it's a they. I call it a him too. Anyway, police said that these five deaths were being treated as part of the Met Police Operation Takahe. Mm. That is the name of the operation that was looking into the case of the Croydon cat killer, but later stated the Northampton deaths were not being linked to the others. And a 30-year-old man, 31-year-old man was arrested. I couldn't find any more information about that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The offences were similar to attacks in the London area, so officers couldn't be sure that they weren't carried out by the same person. Still no closer. Right. 2017, there's a lady called Chantelle of St. Leonard's-on-Sea, which, as you may know, is near Hastings, down on the south coast. Yes, it is. She lost her beloved cat, Scooter, one night. The next morning, as she searched the street outside, a neighbour came over to say he had found Scooter at 1am. She had been lying dead, the do- the cat, had been <gasps> lying dead on the pavement outside the neighbour's house. And he thought that Scooter could have been hit by a car. So even though there was no not much traffic in their area at that time of night. So yeah. he um, went to find a blanket and covered the body. But when he returned, the body had disappeared. So he went and told Chantel <gasps> anyway. He assumed that foxes had taken it. Right. Later that day, another neighbour approached Chantel to tell her she had also found Scooter at 5.30am 
on that neighbor's front lawn. No. Yeah. Listen to this. Now, this is a massive trigger warning. Okay. Trigger warning. Warning. Trigger. Scooter had been laid out as if she was stretching, except her tail had been removed with a clean cut and she had been sliced open from head to abdomen. Abdomen. Oh, my God. Her entrails had been pulled out and laid beside her on the grass. Do you know who else did that? That's what the, 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 what's he called? What's he called? No idea. She's got no idea. No idea. We've got no idea. No idea. There is no idea between No idea. No idea. No idea. The Ripper. The Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Thank you. I was going to say the Yorkshire Ripper, but it wasn't him. <laughs> that is what Jack the Ripper used to do to his did to his victims. Oh, Took out God. the insides, put it on the pavement next to them or the street next to them. Anyway, Fuck. in 2018, the Metropolitan Police concluded that the mutilations had not been carried out by a human and were likely to be caused by wildlife predators or scavenging on cats that had been killed in vehicle collisions. Oh. They believe it to be a, just an act of nature, not a not it's a. So, yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, that's just yeah. wrong. So three years after the first report of the Croydon cat killer, no evidence relating to an individual uh, who may be committing these crimes had been found. There was no evidence of clothing, human DNA, or a murder weapon, and no CCTV footage had been recovered. So. In 2018, September of 2018, the police, the Met Police reported that in three instances where CCTV footage was obtained, foxes could be seen carrying bodies or body parts of cats. And in one case, CCTV showed a fox carrying a cat's head into a school playground in Catford. So it could be foxes. Some of it could be. In post-mortem examinations conducted by the head of veterinary forensic pathology at the Royal Veterinary College, fox DNA was found on the cat, some of the cat's bodies. But was that because they were left out overnight and they were fair game? That's what I think. The the fox, foxes thought great fresh meat, had a little dig around in it and then pissed off. They didn't cause it. They didn't do it. So as a result of all this information, the the Met finally closed the investigation on the 20th of September 2018, saying it was down to foxes and not a person. Well, how convenient. Yeah. So... When the police were taking this seriously, they did have this to say. They had a profile drawn up by the National Crime Agency that suggested that the killer's problems with cats stemmed from a deeper problem with women or with one woman in particular because cats are feline and women are feminine, feline, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's the connection. So there's this nice man called Detective Sergeant Andy Collin who did as much as he could, I suppose, until he hit the, the brick wall. But he said... Cats are targeted because they are associated with the feminine. The killer can't deal with a woman or women who are troubling him. The concern we have is that if it isn't a particular person who will be at some risk eventually, then at some stage he'll escalate or feel brave enough to move on to vulnerable women and girls, either elderly or very young women. That is the poli- That was the police's main concern at the time in uh, pre-2018. Right, so this ties into what we have said in previous episodes yes. about the psychological profile of killers, where often they start their psychopathic traits by killing animals yep. and they move on to people fucking out. Yeah, well, Dr. Naomi Murphy, who works within the Dangerous and Severe Personality Disorders Unit at HM Prison 
Whitemore in Cambridgeshire, said this extreme form of cruelty to animals strongly suggested the work of a sadist, someone who enjoyed Mm. harming other creatures. She says, because these killings involve weapons, it seems like the type of person who plans and gets pleasure from thinking about the pain they are going to inflict. (sighs) What happens when people are sadistic, like any kind of addiction, they often have to go further and further to satisfy their addiction, she said. Yeah. And like you said before about people who've gone on to murder, it has been proven. It's been hypothesized for many years and it has the studies have been made. Jeffrey Dahmer, who dismembered 17 people three decades ago, had first practiced his butchery by cutting up dogs and cats and impaling their heads on sticks. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Then there's the disgusting Moore's murderer, Ian Brady, who tortured and killed five children in the 60s. I hate talking about this guy. Boasted of killing his first cat when he was just 10 and went on to burn another cat alive, stoned dogs and cut off rabbits' heads before going on to target people. And then there were the 10-year-olds Robert Thompson and John Venables, who we know their names because they were responsible for killing toddler James Bulger in 1993. They would shoot pigeons with air rifles and tie rabbits to railway lines to watch them be run over. This is the thing, isn't it, that, you know, often these these tendencies come out in children. And when... The, when your brain is that young and you think that killing is okay, it, it I guess it is a natural escalation mm. to because it becomes normalized and also I guess you become what desensitized to what you're doing. Yeah. So then you just move on and on to get that thrill. That hit. They they've oh. done academic research, Michelle, actually, to prove what you've just said. And they've unearthed distressing evidence on the psychological effect of children who witness cruelty to animals. Okay. So awareness needs to be raised and the crimes need to be taken seriously to avoid the, avoid the very real risk of escalating the trauma by acting out against both animals and people. Did you ever read the book or see the film? What ship we down? We talk about Kevin. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. I had the misfortune of reading it. It's, um, it's a harrowing Is read. Is it? About a kid who, I mean... He's just born bad. You know, he's just born evil. And he starts off torturing Mm. animals and it moves on. Honestly, like if you want to be disgusted and upset, please read. We need to talk about Kevin. Otherwise, avoid. Wasp Factory was like that as well. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm feeling rather queasy now. And I'm sure all our lovely Mm. eavesdroppers are too, soz guys. (laughs) This is the final word that I'm going to say from the Snarl Facebook page is a reaction to mm-hmm. bouquet's arrest well unfortunately okay. i've managed to cut it from my where is it one moment please what's that you say just need to look at my nerds you nerds we can't stress how significant this case and verdict is for our own investigation into the uk animal killer we hope now that our investigation and forensic evidence will be taken seriously and that a stealthy killer can certainly avoid being seen and caught bouquet slipped up we can only hope that one day the killer or killers we are investigating do the same. This test case case sets a legal precedent. Foxes do not carry knives. The end. Oh, oh, Geordie. I don't know if I should be thanking you for that. <laughs> I feel absolutely sick and I feel distressed. Well, yeah. and, and it's because... 
look, I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person. And the idea, and cats are smart, you know, cats are super smart mm. and they're wily and they're fast. How can somebody catch 400 of them? What the fuck Somehow are they Somehow they have figured out a way of doing it. I mean, maybe it isn't 400. Maybe it's more that haven't been reported. Yeah. Maybe it's, some yep. of that number has been reported falsely because they have been attacked by foxes or hit in a car accident and then mm. pulled apart by a fox. But there, there's documented evidence that some of these animals, if not all of them, have been murdered by a person on purpose so and posed this and is posed. the thing that's intervention serious psychological you know something's not not going well there and they do need to keep searching i think i'd love the police to to start this up again but anyway we'll see how it goes i want them to crack this case wide open because crack it for me i animals they're innocent animals are so they are they're so defenseless in so many mm. ways and you know, I, oh God, it just makes me feel so well, sick. Well, it gives us other nice human beings a bad name, really, doesn't it? www.eavesdroppingpodcast.com Hello at eavesdroppingpodcast.com Email us a story. Share, like, all of that. Follow our social media. Like, subscribe. Instagram and Facebook. Yep, you know what to do. At eavesdropping underscore. You got that right. Eavesdropping. Well, do you know what? I I have to give a massive trigger warning for my story. Because my story is also incredibly sickening and oh. please like it's a juice dropper don't don't listen to this while you're you know having your suck breakfast it, and... suck it on a juice box juice dropper <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh god but look when we talked about this episode i know that you had asked me to look into stalkers this is not about stalking. Oh. <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm okay. so sorry. I went down a wormhole because I was looking for like animals and stuff. And also I remembered this episode of, oh, Gentleman Jack. Did you ever see that? I never saw it. Oh, I loved it. Okay. It's like this lesbian romp. But she's um, Saran Jones, great actress. She's, she's the lead in this. Anyway, there's this scene where... Because it's set in the 1800s or something. There's a scene where this poor abused woman is being, you know, thumped by her husband. And she gets her revenge by killing him and feeding them to the pigs. And all that's left is a belt buckle at the end. And so I don't know why, but when I knew that you were looking at this cat killer, I thought, oh, oh gosh, I remember that, that episode. And I just a little research... And I went down a wormhole. Oh, dear. So, trigger warning, guys. <laughs> this is the case of Canadian serial killer Robert Pictum. Oh. So, Robert, nickname Willie Pictum. His nickname, Willie. How did, His nickname okay. is Willie. Not I'm Bobby. I'm sorry, but that's not, it's Willie. And Billy we all Bobby. know what a Willie is. We all it's know what a Willie penis, is. penis, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's Am a big right? penis. Yes, <laughs> Have you never called it? Of course, dick or I have. <laughs> ah, 
So, Robert's nickname is Willie, but I'm going to call him Bro- Robert because I don't like... You don't like saying Willie too often? No. But, so, Robert was part of a pig farming family about half an hour east of Vancouver. And, look, although that might sound like it's this lovely kind of the good life scenario, um, apparently this family... Uh, was the kind of family who never washed. They let their animals just like roam free in the house. And according to reports, and this is down the line, uh, when police actually made reports about the property, they said inside Robert's house, they found animal shit and mud smeared on pretty much every surface of the house, including tables and walls, ceiling, and it just fucking stank. Call Kim and Aggie. They would they would walk out because there were bugs and maggots like in all of this shit all over the house. It was just pure filth. My God. So, I just wanted to give you some context there about this pig farm so you didn't think it was this, you know, these lovely little yeah. pigs, you know, frolicking in mud. It's grim. And a country a country abode. Idle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, it's nothing no. like that. Baking so, bread. More like baking feces. Oh, Jesus Ew. Christ, Georgette. Thoughts. Anyway. So when Robert's parents died, they left the pig farm um, to the kids. and But neither Robert's sister Linda or his brother David wanted the farm. So Robert, who at that point was, according to reports, considered a bit dim and had trained as a butcher. This is key information, oh, by shit. the way. Yep. Uh, he agreed to run the family farm. So he moved to a, rem- a remote part of the farm while his brother, David, lived in the family house. But David had nothing to do with the farm. But over time, Robert kind of neglected the running of the pig farm. And in the end, he decided to turn it into a sort of a, a hobby farm called the Piggy Palace Good Time Society. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Well, hold your horses Maybe on that not. one. Okay. Because... On paper, it was a a not-for-profit charity that ran events and dances and exhibitions for sports organisations and worthy causes. But in reality, Robert was actually putting on raves and wild parties in what was a converted slaughterhouse. Mm. Not nice. Okay. where all the local Hells Angels and all the sex workers of Vancouver would have these kind of like you know, druggy parties. It was all the underbelly. I've got an image. Yeah. Shall I tell you what yeah. it is? Have you seen yeah. Dusk Till Dawn with, uh, by Tarantino and Robert Rodri- Rodriguez? And it's got Tarantino and George Clooney as two vampire hunters, I think they are. Okay. And Selma Hayek's yeah. in it. It's a crazy film. Lots of blood and gore and lots of bikers. and Right. Well, well, well this is what he did. You know, on this dodgy pig farm, he, in the slaughterhouse... Turned it into like druggy underbelly rave scene kind of Crikey. thing. Right, he would look. They would all hang there, and he'd put on these big fat vats of food and host cockfights and all that. Kind would of you thing. eat so, any of that, Michelle? You'd have a <laughs> oh. bit of a, a dicky tummy after, I reckon. His well, hygiene certificate probably didn't come through the, in the post yet. Well, let's just I'd say, say shit in your food was the least of your problems. Oh, anyway. So, the British Columbian police first became interested in Robert in 1997 when a Vancouver sex worker called Wendy Lynn Iceteta accused Robert of attempted murder. And look, 
Apparently, and and trigger warning, I'm I'm just going to say this probably about a thousand times during the story, but trigger warning, apparently he took Wendy back to the pig farm, pumped her full of drugs, had sex with her, and then after they had finished doing it, um, she sort of noticed handcuffs and weapons in the kitchen. And before she knew it, Robert had attacked her and tried to force her into these handcuffs thing is she managed to grab a kitchen knife and stab him in the face oh but apparent apparently another trigger warning guys apparently he pulled the knife out of his face turned turned it on her and cut her stomach open oh my god yeah okay yeah so i don't know how but somehow wendy managed to escape the farm and she ran to a neighbor's house where she was just naked and oh, apparently stomach open. Trigger, trigger. Oh. Her testines were hanging out. Oh, and and the authorities arrested him. But fucking bizarrely, in January 1998, the courts dropped the charges against him because <gasps> he said it was self-defense against her because she was trying him. to rob him. Right, she was trying to rob him. Apparently, even though clearly he was trying to like fuck knows what. Yeah. After he had sex with her. So they let him go. And he was free to keep on, keeping on. Oh, right? Geez. So thing is, the community weren't really that keen on all this, like bikers and druggy raves yeah, being at the pig farm. Hmm. So a few months later, the local council sued Robert for violating zoning orders because he was neglecting the farm and what the farm was zoned for. And they also um, sued him for having, like holding these illegal raves. But Robert clearly did not give two shits about this because on New Year's Eve, the 98-99, after he'd already had all this trouble with the council, he put on a massive New Year's Eve rave, which eventually led authorities to issue an injunction, like banning all future parties on the property. And he had his non-profit status for the Bicky Palace Good Time Society <laughs> revoked. Good. So... At this stage, Robert, I think, must have been thinking, well, fuck, what am I going to do now? So he made a half-assed attempt to get the pig farm back on track. But on February 6, 2002, police raided the farm looking for illegal firearms, which I guess they found because both Robert and his brother David, who I mentioned had been living on the farm but in the main house, they were both arrested. But when the police uh, searched the house and the property, what they found was more than just guns. I and feel like this is a film that I just don't want to watch. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. So, trigger warning again. Oh, Michelle. <sighs> Brace yourself and please, like, cover <gasps> your ears if you don't want to hear this. Apparently, they discovered bodies hanging from hooks. Oh, God, that is a film. Piles of scalps in the slaughter room. This is bloody... What's it Buckets called? Buckets of human guts. What? And piles of women's clothes, bags and jewellery. This sounds right? like... What's that bloody film? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fuck knows. Maybe he was inspired. But wow. But turns out, turns out for decades, Robert... Had decades? Decades. Oh, Michelle. Decades. I hate the world. I hate fucking hate the world. Honestly, I feel so lucky to be living in a tiny little bubble where the worst thing that happens is somebody throws litter on the ground. But oh, anyway, God. poor old poor old Vancouver had this fucking asshole 
Robert to deal with, who had been picking up sex workers and murdering them for decades. But not just murdering them. Trigger warning. Oh, fuck Michelle. He slaughtered them the way you would slaughter a pig. So So he hung them upside down. He would string them up. He would gut them. He would remove their hair. He would saw them in half. And he would just butcher them. And then he would feed these bodies to the the pigs. pigs. And look, there were hundreds of pigs on that property. So there was barely a trace of these women left. And in fact, one of the things that led to Robert's undoing is, is because he would just chuck these body parts to the pigs. But because he did that, there were bits of bone fragments and human remains in the mud and all the pig shit that mm-hmm. they, these pigs were living in. Yeah. So, look, to the credit of the Canadian government, they spent two years and nearly $70 million oh God, sifting combing. through the soil and pig shit on the property looking oh, for bone fragments. Wow. Which they found loads of because... So they could identify you know, the victims. Yep. Yeah. And he'd never... Because he was like a dodgy farmer, he'd never drained or cleaned the waste system or the property. So they found decades worth of evidence. And again, trigger warning. Michelle, that wasn't even, that's not even the grimmest part of this. Oh, Michelle. I know. So look, not only did Robert feed his victims to the pigs, he took their hair and bones to a nearby rendering plant where it was all turned into gelatin oh, and sold to companies. So if you were eating gummy bears or you were oh, using makeup no. with gelatin in it, in 99. Yeah, you and the 10 years maybe before were eating these dead women. I don't know, but there is still worse to come because <gasps> oh, after Robert had cut up his victims, he took like the the good meat, the flesh off the bones and ground it up into mints. And sausage meat and sold it to the local stores. I fucking did Or he didn't. gifted it to the local orphanage. Oh, And remember no. how I said That's he'd horrific. cook up all these pots of food for the Piggy Palace Good Time Society raves? Yeah. It was his Oh, God! So all, so, so all those bikers were eating these... Oh. Victims, right? Was there any was there any bikers that came forward and said, "I've been traumatized for life because I now know that I ate human people"? I really don't know. So, but I mean, they're tough, aren't they? Those bikers are tough. Those hell's angels. Tough. They'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I ate a person." I don't know. I don't think but so. I don't. <laughs> so the upshot of all of this is that in February two thousand and two. Robert was arrested and put into prison. 2002? Yes. I thought you said they found this all out in 98, 99. No, that was when he um, got that sex worker and cut her stomach open. Oh, okay. So he was still free to carry on for another couple of years. Yes, for another few years. And then, yeah, so February 2002, he was thrown into prison. He was arrested and put into prison where he told his cellmate who actually was an undercover police cop. Okay. Um, police cop. Police cop. Why did I say that? Policeman <laughs> cop. Police cop. <laughs> Please, Mr. An Policeman. undercover policeman. Yep. Um, he told this guy he'd killed 49 women and he wanted to kill one more to make it the big 5-0. Oh, God. And apparently there's like, there are these um, police 
you know, when they do the drawings, you know, when you get an illustrator. Yeah, do, yeah. There's, there's a picture a of compos- him. A composite it. artist or whatever they call yeah, them. Yeah, one of those. Or courtroom yeah. artists, you yeah. know. And he did he he did a sign with his hand, five, and then a, an O. He wanted the big five O, which is so fucking chilling. And that the only reason he'd been caught was that he'd gotten sloppy in his aim to reach 50. And he got a bit mm. complacent because he got away with it for so long. And look. The police have found the DNA of so many people, men and women, oh not just God. all of these sex workers on the farm. Um, but they decided to only go after him on a few murders oh. that they really could corroborate. And in 2007, he was convicted of like the second degree murder of six women, where he was sentenced to life in prison with a no possibility of parole for 25 years. So he was in prison. the longest... For five years before he was convicted. Okay, right, right. So the court was just dragging on. The case was dragging on. Oh, my God. And and this is apparently the longest sentence for murder under Canadian law at that time. So Life without parole. Yeah, well, 25 years parole was the maximum. So he got the book thrown at him. And honestly, this case just makes me feel absolutely sick because it's just so fucking grim. Yeah, man. He's he's Canada's worst and most prolific serial killer. That's their number one, went, is it? Yep, and he went undetected for so, so long. long. And what's the bet? He started killing animals at a very young age, or was or privy to seeing animal, you know, animals being killed and hurt. Do you know what? It's at really a young interesting. Age. When I was reading um, a lot of notes on this case. There was actually an incident where when he was very young, he actually formed attachments to some of the pigs on the uh, farm, right. right? And then he one day he said to his mum and dad, oh, you know, and he would give them names. And it was like, oh, you know, where's Sparky or whatever. Not and Sparky. Said, well, I don't know. Some, oh, because I have some... a story about Sparky. No. I do. Oh, I was just God. thinking about Sparky. You read my mind. Oh. <gasps> This is like in that very moment. I know. No. Sparky was in my mind, and you said it, Jordy. That is what crazy. happened. <gasps> okay, I'll tell you my story well, about Sparky in a second. You go ahead. Well, uh, just to just to finish this off. Um, yes, he he said, "Where's where's Sparky or whatever the right. pig's name was," and the parents said, "Oh, he's just in the shed." And Sparky had been slaughtered and strung up and was was bleeding and apparently he was extremely traumatized oh. from this at a very young age and psychologists believe that this could have had serious psychological impact on him in I'm not a surprised. sociopathic way but it sounds to me like they were the kind of family who just were like I said the way they lived this isn't right mm-hmm. you know there was something something wrong off. with yeah. this family so yeah sorry for that story guys oh, man. that was absolutely fucking grim are you listening to me why are Bring you trying dropping, dropping trolley oh. murdered so the reason why i brought sparky up was because some years ago pre-kids for us thank god we went to my brother-in-law's place out in germany which is on the the lakes in the lake country mm-hmm. out there and every year we'd have this big you know there was a a big festival of that week that we were there called was the fisher the festival fest festival of lights oh no, yes okay fisher yeah, fest yeah. where you know you put on you, you can enter uh, a float a, a float flos what do you call it 
a floating a floating raft thing raft of some design exactly and I've we seen were designing yours, and yours yeah. were beautiful honestly and often Paddy did win. wonderful things with with twigs and and uh, glad wrap he did wonderful that's right yeah <laughs> anyway one year because it was a big party afterwards and a lot of the locals would come and join us afterwards one year a family had had a pig and they bought a pig sparky for the reason of letting their three children get to know it and then at some point sparky was always going to get the chop right Mm -hmm. but the kids weren't really on board with that and they weren't told maybe i don't know what happened but i just remember that night was a bit upsetting in the day sparky was delivered to us having been to the the bloke that kills sparky what are they mm-hmm. called? The abattoir. He'd been to the abattoir, delivered a whole gutted, thank God, pig to my husband and his brother, who then had to set up a big table and tried to, with YouTube videos, tried to get a big pole through Sparky from mouth to oh back end so God. he could go on a spit because he was going to be a pig on a spit. And unfortunately... With an apple in his mouth. Yes. Unfortunately, poor Sparky, his... Uh, his kid, the owners came with the kids and they were beside themselves. They were hating everybody who had <gasps> a little bit of Sparky in their mouth that night. Oh. It was very upsetting. Oh, Sparky. How did Paddy, did Paddy actually get to skewer that pig properly? Or? I was videoing this and at one point his brother is a real peace love kind of guy yeah. Jim he was holding the pelvis while Paddy was smashing oh. the other end with a, ah. a with a mallet and he felt the pelvis go under his hands and that was it that was the end for him so oh, Paddy Paddy's a bit more sturdy but Jim's not oh, so into that. he can't even catch a fish he gets upset I get upset at that I mean <laughs> we were in Sweden recently and um uh Andreas caught a fish and I was like oh, put it back put it back and he did he threw it back it was only a little one but um uh, Andreas's sister uh her husband for his 50th was gifted to pigs Britta and Inga I believe right. and they were fattened up and uh cooked cooked for the 50th they Aww. that was that was it I know and they always tease me they, they always say Fancy a pig, Michelle? No, thank you. Fancy no, a pig? Fancy a pig. <laughs> <laughs> They're always trying to get me to eat meat, but no, uh, I cannot. But you know what? I remember as a kid, and look, my sister might have better memory about this. Back back when we were growing up, we were moved into uh, a government house in a very, very new government complex where they were doing some kind of you know social integration experiment as they do in Canberra because that was the hotbed for you know developing school systems and yeah and um they were also doing it with like residential areas and we were put into a place where there were no backyards but all the backyard all the houses backed onto a communal backyard in the centre because they wanted to encourage um, community, community and, gardens, uh, community yeah. between you know and 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 between all of the all the residents. Great so, idea. So and I in and we had a in theory, yeah. And I remember we had you know all different cultures living in this kind of sort of like a, a cul-de-sac, but with the with the centre open. And there was, I think it was a Maori family, and they did a hungi. Oh yeah, we've done yeah, that. Yeah, which is which is buried. actually the buried pig, mm. and um, Paddy did that. 
I just remember as kids, we had we were beside ourselves with joy. We couldn't get enough of this meat. Our faces were smeared in pig fat. <laughs> it was just so joyful. I'm obviously now vegetarian. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And obviously, culturally, there is a real connection between, you know, like animals on spits because that's Hawaiian, isn't it? I don't Is know. It? And then, Caveman. you know, underground and because there's like a mm. Filipino thing, I think, too. So, yeah, yeah it's very... Paddy's done uh, that with lamb and, yeah, lamb and pork, I think. Mm. He was preparing it. We had a whole weekend before his, a big birthday party that he had and he did mm. the burying thing and the rocks and all the grasses and all the, and the meat was wrapped in, wrapped in hessian bags and all sorts of things and marinated oh, and all this stuff. It didn't work. It oh. wasn't cooked through. Oh dear. It was in there for like two days. Oh gosh, yeah. I guess you've got to control the temps on but those he does sorts love, of things. He does love to give it all a go. He gives it a red hot bash, my he hubby. Does. But yeah. what about what about this idea of animals? Why do we eat certain animals and not others? Well, like why don't we eat cats? Probably because they're a bit stringy. Or dogs. Um Do you think it's because we can have a connection with some animals and we think yeah. that we can't with others? Maybe. Because they eat dogs in China. Apparently, guinea pigs they eat somewhere. Where is that? Peru. They eat guinea pigs on sticks or splayed out like that. Well, even in Thailand, you know, I remember being in the market and they have fried bats on sticks as a snack, you know, on all sorts of things. I didn't try that, obviously, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Oh, gosh, the animal world. Well, look, how about we awkward segue into another topic that's been red hot in my household this week? Is it the strap-on? No, no. but speaking <laughs> of the strap-on, I said to Jen, oh, Jen, did you listen? You know, mum, did you listen? And she said, yes, and of course I knew what that pink belt was. <laughs> I, I said, mum, it wasn't a belt. But I said, to be fair, I guess it probably it was be. a belt yeah, on. You have to wear it wrapped around something, didn't you? <laughs> no, this, this actually uh, applies more to poo. Okay. Because of last week's episode where you revealed about poo camp. Well, no, actually. It's just, I don't know why this has become a big topic. I mean, it, this has been, this is not a new topic in my household. This is an ongoing topic, but it's flared up recently. Oh, is it the toilet paper usage? Yes. Oh, no. Andreas has once again been on me about the fact that he thinks I use too much toilet paper. <laughs> I keep saying, how much is too much? I would because... say M-Y-O-B, Andreas, M-Y-O-B. What's the M-Y-O-B? Mind your own business. Oh, mind your own beeswax. And, um... Mind your own bumhole. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so anyway, I was on the toot the other day and I looked oh. down and I saw this... Um... God, here we go. Not more worms. No, no. Oh, not this God. time. I saw this roll of toilet paper underneath the um, oh, the vanity unit, and I thought, "What the yeah. hell's that doing under there?" And Joyce has changed the the toilet paper, and and this is just like rolled under. So I picked it up and I put it into the cupboard. And the next time he went to the loo, he came out and he said, "You just ruined my test." And I said, "What are you <laughs> talking about?" And he said, "I wanted to see." With my role, how much I use compared to how much you use. Oh, that was his own very own personal role. Yes, (laughs) and because he says that I use way too much. But the thing is, I'm a scruncher. Yeah, we've discussed this. He's a folder. 
He only used two, uses two sheets. Two sheets, Andreas, we call him. Well, he's, he uses a two sheets for a number two. I <laughs> I don't. I use more than that just for a number one. So, right. Well, that's yes. the thing. You have to wipe the front bottom as well. So it doesn't yes. really matter. He just has to deal with the fact he shares his life with a woman. She wipes the front bum, sometimes needs a bit of extra help at the back. <laughs> just the way it is so he has to live with it I'm afraid god what is it that a life of loneliness or a couple of extra quid a week on toilet paper what would you rather Andreas <laughs> uh, do you know what I actually in recent years have been quite enjoying a wet wipe oh are they saved to flush no I don't flush no 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 oh, what do you do no. with them I put them in the bin okay good and no, I don't flush. No, 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 no. A nice but. bin full of shitty wet wipes next to the toilet. That's always nice. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? This whole episode needs a massive trigger warning. Oh, it does. It's all gone wrong. How did we go from aliens to basically eating humans know. and wiping your ass with too much toilet paper? When did we talk about aliens this episode? We didn't last week. Oh. Last week was episode was the aliens and all right. sorts. Right. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Oh gosh, it's all a bit random, isn't if it? If people are having a difficult time listening to us talk about poo and uh, butch the butcher of Vancouver and cat killers, then perhaps they ought to just write in, like I keep asking you to, and no one's bloody done it. No, and do you know what? If you're if you're upset by any of this, just please go back and re-listen to the fairies episode because that's a yeah. sweet one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Other episodes available. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, that's really about about it from yes. me. I would. I think say. that is more than enough from you. Thanks, oh. Michelle. <laughs> Well, you know what, guys? We look forward to you eavesdropping another time. Who knows what we're going to talk about next time? We know. You don't. You've got to tune in to find out. Yes. And in the meantime, keep on... Keep eavesdropping. 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 